You're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. Along the way, you'll hear from some of my amazing colleagues as they share practical advice that you can apply to your own classrooms. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by the free Elementary Music Newbie Guide. We all know that you can't learn it all in four years, but the sad reality is that many new music teachers don't feel prepared for the elementary music classroom. In this free guide, we'll work through four of the most important things when it comes to being successful as an elementary music teacher. To grab your guide, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash newbie. Again, that's thatmusicteacher.com slash N-E-W-B-I-E. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to That Music Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a few things that I wish I knew before I started teaching. If you missed this recording live, we actually recorded it live on Instagram and TikTok. So if you hear me being crazy or (laughs) feeling like I'm getting attacked by my cat, that might be why. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode all about what I wish I knew before I started teaching. All right, so let's dive in to some of my favorite, some of the things that I've been really thinking about, especially the last week, you know, this past week is is my last week of school before summer break. It's been one of the hardest years um, I have taught and hopefully will be the hardest year I've ever taught. Uh, But I want to talk about some things that I wish I would have known before I went and joined the elementary music classroom. The first thing I want to talk about is honestly, if I impart any information to you, if there's anything that you take away from being in my world, being anywhere where I am, is that relationships matter. Relationships truly matter, especially in a classroom where we see so many different students and we don't see them necessarily all day, every day. Those relationships matter and they are hard to make. Don't get me wrong. They are not something that's necessarily easy for us to do. But it is super important for us as music teachers, as just educators in general, to make sure that we're crafting meaningful relationships with our students. Whether that means being able to call their students by name, knowing, you know, who they are, knowing, you know, what they enjoy, knowing some things that, you know, they might struggle with, some things that they absolutely love to do. Those relationships matter. Not only do we need to have those relationships with the students because it helps them trust us, But it also lets them let their guard down because they know that they're in a safe place. They know that they're in a place where the teacher is going to take care of them, especially if they're, you know, putting themselves out there a little bit and kind of letting themselves uh, their guard down so that they can try something new. And again, if if you take anything away from this podcast episode is that relationships truly matter. Our students, I know you've probably heard it before, but it's so true. We've probably heard the phrase that. Our students don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that is such a true thing, especially for those students that might have experienced trauma in their life or are coming with a lot of baggage. It is super important for these students and for all students to know that we genuinely care about them as people. And that is... It's so important. (laughs) It really, truly is. And those relationships are what allows our students to feel able to try new things, but also it allows us to make a meaningful impact on their lives. And it allows them to be successful in our classrooms, especially if we, you know, since we're only seeing them for a few hours a week, if we're lucky, uh, most, most of the time, less than that. <laughs> so if I had to say the most important thing that I'm going to talk about today is that relationships do truly matter. 
In addition to that, the next thing that I wish I would have known before my first year of teaching is that it is okay to fail. You're going to have some failures that are just, you know, super small things like where they just don't quite work um, or something like, mm, well, maybe I'll, I'll do something different. But you're also going to have some things, especially in your first year at Fuse of Teaching, where things epically fail and they fail in every single way that they possibly could. And it is an absolute disaster. And you're like, well, why did I even bother? This is, this, you know, why? what's the whole point? But I want to give you permission. I wish that I would have known and I would have allowed myself to understand that it truly is okay to fail, especially as a new teacher. It is okay to fail. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't need to have everything perfect the first time, especially when we're coming up with brand new lessons for kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, all the grades, all the different differentiations, working on all, you know, understanding all students' IEPs. It's not going to be perfect the first time. Don't let that fear of being perfect stop you from doing something, stop you from trying something new. You don't have to have all the answers. You won't have all the answers. And it is okay to fail. That is something I wish someone would have told me in a way that I actually listened to it. Because I know there have been people in my life that have told me that. But I didn't really believe it. I said, well, I, I, it, it's not. It's okay. I need to make sure that it's perfect. It's not going to be perfect. And that's okay. Truly. Another thing that I really wish that I would have fully understood when I started teaching music is that a performance doesn't need to drive everything. Your performance does not need to make your social life explode. It does not need to make you feel like you're running around um, you know, in 100 directions like a chicken with your head cut off. A performance doesn't need to be something that is super high stress for you or for your students especially at the elementary level. And I'm by far not the only person that believes this or teaches this or shares this, but I believe that an elementary music performance should demonstrate what we're doing in the classroom. And if we're doing it in a way that's using our, our repertoire that helps teach our content, that helps move us along our curricular scope, it allows us to you know, show our parents, show our community, our communities, show our, 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 our faculty, what we're doing in the music classroom. And it's do, and we can do that in a way that doesn't make us have to kind of stop and shift our gears so that we're trying something new so that we're, you know, learning a show, you know, we're just, we're showing repertoire. We're using pieces of repertoire to cover content. And that just happens to be part of our performance. One way that I love doing this is picking either a book or some sort of theme for the show or for, for the performance and looking for curricula or looking for repertoire that would normally go into my curriculum. You know, how are you? you know, I try to teach Ticka Ticka this time of year. What repertoire can I find that contains a Ticka Ticka or some easily extractable things that go along with my my, the theme that I want to do for my show. And I think that is a wonderful way for us to still have, you know, thematic things. You can still have costumes if you want. You can still have sets if you want. If that's, if that's what brings you joy, uh, you can have student readings. You can do a lot of things without having to really feel like you're putting on this huge to-do. It's just piecing things together in a way that makes them meaningful and makes them important and make them, you know, highlights of the students' lives. So for this one in particular, I love using, uh, like I said, repertoire that goes along with a certain theme and then finding a way for student reading um, to kind of tie them together. Um, again, if I use a book, I'll use the, the student's reading part of the book to tie the performance together. But if for once I did a second grade show in my first year of teaching, 
that was all about the water cycle because second grade was learning about the water cycle. So I found a bunch of folk repertoire that, you know, easily fit in with my curriculum that had to do with water or clouds or sunshine and things like that. And then we tied it in with students reading, writing that they wrote about the different parts of the water cycle. This was not super, it was not a huge hassle. It didn't take um, too much crazy stress pulling out my hair from me, but it allowed my students to have a really high level um, performance opportunity, which is really the goal. So again, especially if, I, I wish someone would have told me this in a way that I really understood my before I started my first year of teaching, is that a performance doesn't have to drive everything. It doesn't have to make you feel like you're running around like a person with no, like a, a chicken with a head cut off. Like, honestly, <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that. And the last one I want to talk about today is something that I've really figured out I kind of knew, but I really figured out this year. And that is that classroom management literally is like 90% of the game. Relationships are important. Like we said before, content is important, but having that classroom management aspect is really what's going to allow you to be successful. And honestly, allow your students to be successful. And I think it does come down to those relationships. Those relationships really matter. When students have a good relationship with you, they want to do right by you. <laughs> they want to do well. They, they want to make sure that they're meeting your expectations so that they can you know, do right by you. Because if you have that relationship, if you have that mutual respect, they want to do what you want them to do. They want to do right by you. They want to um, make sure that they are meeting your expectations, which allows everyone in the classroom to have more successful opportunities for music making. And it helps you from pulling your hair out when things start going absolutely bonkers. So as I sit here, and, and think about the things that I wish that I would have known before my first year of teaching. Um, I could fill a book. <laughs> I, re- I really, truly could. I, I wish that there was, there's so much that I, 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 even if people told me, I didn't quite believe them or I didn't quite fully understand what that meant uh, about what it means to be an elementary music teacher, to what it means to teach seven different grades, uh, to what it means to see hundreds of students each week. And I think that there are definitely certain things that you're not going to learn until you start doing it. But then there are other things that I don't know. I don't even know how to put it into words. There are certain things that you're really not going to listen to anyone when they tell you things about what it's going to be like to be a first year music teacher. And then there are certain things that really help you, um, understand what it means to be a music teacher just by doing it. And, and that's kind of where I'm at. So if I were to recap the things that I wish I would have been told, or I would have actually known, even if I've been told again, was first, relationships matter. Second, it's a, it is 110% okay to fail because you don't need to have all the answers. Thirdly, a performance doesn't have to drive your curriculum and it doesn't have to drive you crazy. And finally, going back to the first one where relationships matter, classroom management is like 90% of the game. If you can get your classroom management in a way that works, everything else in your life, everything else in your, in your position, everything else you're going to do when it comes to setting your students up for success is going to come so much easier. If you found this episode helpful at all, I would really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Not only does this help me understand what you find most helpful, it also helps more music educators just like you find the podcast. 
To check out the show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash show notes.